Welcome to the Hollywood Pipeline Podcast. I am Dax Holt. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Adam Glenn, out in New York. Good afternoon. Dax, good to hear from you. How you been? And I gotta be honest with you, we've done a lot of podcasts, Mm -hmm. but I'm excited for today's show because I have so many questions. I'm so interested. Uh, This is someone who I know you're a big fan of. I haven't seen uh, a lot of her video work. Wink. (laughs) Wink. However, I, uh, I, I someone I just I'm very interested in her life and her world. Uh, we've had a lot of guests on this podcast, you know, and but today's one I'm just curious uh, about their they, they're in Hollywood mm-hmm. and there are celebrity, but they've been around the industry in a different way, and I'm I'm curious about how it was from their perspective because I love how we, we, with our podcast we kind of break down what it's like in Hollywood from different people's perspectives, from paparazzis, from celebrities, to journalists, to every different person's perspective from Hollywood. But this person, this celebrity, is a little bit interesting today. A lot of interesting. Olsen. Brie Olsen, how are you? Olsen, welcome! Hi, I'm good, how are you? Brie Olsen, so if people don't know who Brie Olsen, Brie Olsen came onto the scene as as an adult entertainer, um, but then all of a sudden became for news stories. You were one of the biggest adult entertainers in the world. You heard her on Howard Stern. You heard her on uh, Dip Bubble the Love Sponge. And then she became more mainstream with her story with Charlie Sheen because she was in a relationship with him. And but it, it, people forget about it. she's one of the biggest porn actresses in the world. How are you, Brie? I'm good, thank you. That was quite the introduction. I love it. <laughs> Listen, I know Dax is a fan, so he's probably fanboying out. <laughs> when I so, so the funny title. part was, Bree, I'm not going to lie, but uh, so for people that know, we when we tape these podcasts, we normally have the video screen up, so we're video chatting with the people, so we can kind of have eye contact, so it's like a normal conversation. So the video comes up. I didn't realize you had short, dark hair. I do. It's Hollywood magic, really. I have my wig. Her name is Cecile. Um, I like to, you know, wear her when I'm feeling super brie. Sometimes I still show my short hair, but rarely because, you know, you got to make that money. So, but, but question though, you, for a long time, like you had real hair though, like real long hair, right? Like Um, it was always like like extensions, you know, like most girls in LA, most girls in Hollywood, you have help, you know, in the hair department. Um, so yeah, there's always been something going on up here gotcha but then so what why what made you go i'm cutting this off i'm done with long blonde hair i'm yeah i'm not dying it like what was the what was the choice behind that every single person i've seriously dated which is about eight people i asked them would you mind if i cut my hair short i've always wanted to have short hair all of them them said absolutely not i love your long hair Finally, I started dating this girl that I said the same question to, and she said, I would love that. I want you to be happy. And I was like, really? Like, are you telling, you know, is this a test? And she really meant it. And she cried tears of joys when I, when I cut my hair because I was so happy. And I was like, this is amazing. And I put a ring on it because that's the kind of person I want to be with. That's the kind of person that loves me the way I want to be. No, absolutely. And then what? What was the what was the reaction on like to your Twitter fan base or to your? Oh my god, everyone hates it. They hate it, and that's why I have to steal. 
you know? I mean, and I, I don't blame them. Like, I get angry when I see a celebrity I really like and they make a drastic change. It's shocking, right? So I get it, and that's why I have my wig, and I can just put her on and everything's okay again in the world. That is so funny, because I, I got to imagine, like, especially men love, like, the long hair, the, the blonde, right. so... I got to imagine there was probably a lot of people freaking out the second that you did. How how soon after you cut it did you have to get the wig? Um, I got it immediately. I got it before I even cut it because oh. I anticipated the response. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Do you think you'd ever go back to that blonde, long hair before? Like, just grow your hair back out? Um, well, like, the, the longest my hair ever has been naturally is about shoulder length. Other than that, it's been extension. So I have thought about growing it. Mostly just because I don't like the attention that I get. I live in Indiana now, and I don't like, you know, I, I don't know why people are, if they're giving me looks because of the short hair, or gay, or this or that. So I just don't want the attention either way. I would just rather have longer hair and blend in. But the funny thing is, I almost feel like when you cut it, did people stop recognizing you altogether? Yes. Because I know, me being a guy, and I will style my hair differently people won't recognize me and I don't, I'm not like, I'm not like super famous or anything, but like the difference between me leaving my hair down and leaving it up, it's like, oh, I recognize you from TV and you're just Joe Schmo on the street. It's interesting. Yes. I, and people have said that to me in a negative way. They say you're, you're not even recognizable. And in my head, I'm thinking, thank God, because someday, you know, I'd like to start a family and move somewhere private and, you know, just close all my accounts and have a private life and not be, you know, outed at some wherever I end up. And I always thought there's no way that would be possible. But maybe there is. So I don't know. Yeah, I want to ask you that. You know, we know you by your stage name, your actress name as Brie Olson. Yeah. But, you know, how do you like to be addressed? Do you like to be called by your, your legal name or is it by your stage name? How do you want to be I, I feel no way about either one. You can call me Brie or Rachel. I'm not affected either way. Interesting. So let me ask you this. You're, I feel like you're a young, old soul. You've been around a lot. You've been exposed to a lot. You're only 32 years old, but you've been around Hollywood. You've been around the adult industry for a long time. How did you get your start in the adult entertainment industry? How does that work? How does it all come about? Well, I <clears throat> was wanting a better life for myself in short, and I Googled porn application. A website came up. I said I wanted to be a porn star. I got a bunch of creepy calls. I said, never mind. I don't want to be a porn star. And then I got a call from this girl in LA and she's like, oh my God, girl, we could get you into Playboy, da, 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 da. Like, we'd love to have you out here. It's palm trees, it's gorgeous. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, this is so awesome. So I quit school. I quit my job. They bought me a plane ticket. I went out. Um, it was not a very legitimate business, but it was porn nonetheless. They took quote unquote pictures quote unquote send them to Playboy and I quote unquote got turned down. Um, but guess what? Made it to Playboy anyways, bitches. So booyah. But anyway, so <laughs> then while I was out there, this is kind of what they did. They were like catfishy in a way. They would say, well, since you're here, why don't you do a girl girl video? And I was like, okay, cool. Like I had a girlfriend all through high school. I'll do a girl girl video. And then they're like, why don't you do a boy girl and so forth. Luckily I found a great agent in LA and then I blew up from there. Wow. So but what made you even want to get to porn? Were you just like kind of 
sexually active, like just kind of like very free spirit or what made you actually decide like, hey, I'm just going to go have sex on camera and let people see me naked or what makes you want to do that? Was it the money? I, I feel like the money is a big draw for people too. I had no idea the amount of money that I would make. So I can't, I did know that I would make more money, but I didn't, and I didn't realize the how much, which was great. Um, but I think it was more so, I was very desperate. It was a very desperate time for me. I was living in a hotel. Um, I had, I had a roommate, but they were extremely abusive to me. And, um, you know, the cops had been called. They ended up going to jail for it. It was really a terrible situation. So I was living in a hotel with my cat and um, <clears throat> life just wasn't working. Being a full-time student, working full-time, I still couldn't afford my own place to live on that. And it was just tough. And I thought, I'll take a chance. I'll take a risk. And I'm glad I did yeah, because I'm, my life turned sorry. out, you know, I, I'm sorry, there's Positives and negatives, obviously. I'm I'm the best person you can speak with about the adult industry because I will say it's not all roses and rainbows, but it's you know not all terrible and dark and this and that. There's positive and negatives to both, but overall, I am happy that I entered the adult industry. But there was a point though you were upset with like the royalty issues. I was reading about that, right? You were not happy that <laughs> adult industry is like the one industry in entertainment where they're not paying you for your rights over the length of the video being out there or or am, am i right yes that's and that's one of the issues that's probably the largest issue with the uh, adult industry and also that they can take a scene you shot i mean well this is more back in the dvd days but i guess they can do it now on websites as well and they pay you for one scene but they can use it over and over repeatedly which i don't think is fair at all and I'm, I'm not compensated for that anyway, other than just the initial scene that I shot. Um, so, yeah, there, there needs to be a lot of changes and protection for talent in the industry, I feel. Interesting. So you go start doing – but actually, there was a story recently this the other day. Mia Khalifa says she – I saw that. Do you – I – so, Dax, did you see this story? I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, what is this? So, Mia Khalifa, very huge adult film star. She was very successful. Uh, she says, basically, she's been doing porn. I mean, if you go on porn, I think she was one of the most sought-out girls on in porn uh, for the past couple of years, you know? Uh, she's also known for calling out dudes or athletes that DM her. Um, but she said, I, from what I understand, I'm trying to look at it, she says she only made – uh, twelve thousand dollars during her career doing porn. Do you believe possible? Do you believe that, Bray, from a girl from your standard who was also successful, that she only made twelve thousand dollars as an adult film star? I mean, what? Uh, for me, by the time I left the industry, it would take me roughly three scenes to make that amount of money. Um, I left in the height of my career, but also at the same time, my old porn agent that I'm still really great friends with Chris from Fox modeling, he told me that I got out at just the right time and that the porn industry is not at all the same of what it used to be. And that girls, uh, they don't make as much money because of the internet and all the free tube sites and all of that. So uh, it just really lowered the rates of girls. So 
I can't speak for her truth. You know, I have no idea. You know, I, I can't say. I can't say I can speak for myself. I mean, I did. You know, it's public out there. People have configured how much I've made, and that's, a per, you know, pretty accurate, close ballpark. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I was shocked to read that. What, what? I think it's not really it, – I, I, it's, you know, you have an agent or you have a manager in the industry. You have to have them to adapt to the times. You need them to make the changes with the production companies or deals. If they're doing the work, they need to earn their money, and they have to change the way the contracts are done with the porn companies. Do you agree do, with that? Or? Do we know if she had an agent? Because that was one thing I was wondering about. That I don't know. I thought maybe you would know more about how the – again, I'm trying to learn about this industry. It's a little bit yeah. different than a, a lot of other industries. It's a little bit more guerrilla style. But I, it, to me, as a – as a guy who saw her everywhere, I was like, there's no way this girl made $12,000. However, you know, maybe from filming she made $12,000, but from social media and from doing her appearances, she had to have made a ton more money, wouldn't you say? Sure. And I mean, that's just, well, in the same regards to, so my network that they put on the internet, that's just, when, when I say that's accurate, that's accurate just what I made from scenes. That does not include my appearances, my dancing, everything else that I've done, which is a whole nother, you know, side of the spectrum. So um, I don't know. Like I said, that would uh, equivalent about four scenes, $12,000 for me when I left the industry. But like I said, I left like Chris from uh, my old agent. He said I left at a really great time and that it really went downhill from there. So what, I don't I don't know. What would you say was your most lucrative part of the industry? Was it the dancing? Was it the um, appearances? Like like what when you uh, signed up were you like I cannot believe I'm getting paid this much to do one what? Yeah, it was dancing, but I did not start dancing until I left the adult industry. And you got paid more after you were out of the industry. Mhm. Wow. That's crazy. Crazy. And then so, with like, sorry, with Playboy. Now, was that something that's more about just being able to say it, or the paycheck is great that comes along with it? It was. It was pretty good. I legally can't say you know anything course, else about it. Of course, but I just, I'm just saying, like, as a person that like you strive to be on the cover of Playboy more for like, hey, I can say that I've been there. It's more of a, a status thing. I would say, is that what's What's cooler about it than the money is just like I can say I've been in Playboy. The paycheck to I feel any mainstream model. Okay, I feel like porn stars are a little bit more spoiled because that's one of the appeals of porn is that you make a lot of well, I guess some people don't. But uh, generally from what I had understood is that people make really great money from porn. So coming from the money I was making was the Playboy check this or that. I still think it was pretty good for what it was. Um, and First and also most importantly, I would have done Playboy for free. I that's all I ever wanted to do was do Playboy. Ever since I was a teenager in high school, I looked at the girls in Playboy and I said I want to be on the cover of Playboy. That has always been an aspiration of mine. As weird as that may sound to some people, I wasn't interested in these runway models or this or that. I loved the curviness of Playboy models. I They just had this really cute faces and girl next door look, and that was just very appealing to me. So, then, so how was the experience when you film it? Was it a classy type set 
Like, was the crew kind of very, is it, is it, you know, I have to ask, is it pervy in any way? Or are they just, is it very just comfortable? Almost none of my porn sets were pervy in any way. I was with a great agent. He only sent me to the best of the best. Now, of course, there were some sets that were smaller than others, but I was generally on very large sets working with very large crews. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that documentary on Netflix. It's called like Hot Girls Wanted or something of that nature. Um, it really upset me to watch that because I feel that is such an inaccurate depiction of most of the adult industry, especially what we know of as the adult industry being in Los Angeles and in uh, now they're also in Las Vegas. It's it, it's completely not my experience at all. I never saw drugs on a porn set. I never saw drinking on a porn set. Um, everyone was just very, very professional. I mean, you have to think, even the guys that I was working with in a sexual way, my uh, co-stars or what have you, they were doing this every single day. They become immune to it. Everyone becomes immune to it. You can only see a hot naked girl X amount of times before you're like, this is just another day at work. What am I going to have for dinner tonight? <laughs> you know? You start to get a fan base. You know, people start to see you. They're starting to see Brie Olsen. You know, you're, you're kind of coming up. You're coming out as social media is becoming more prevalent. Um, how is that experience when you're starting to go out in public and you're starting to see fans? Is it a little bit weird? Does every guy think they could hook up with you and they have a chance with you? Or are they being a little bit more overly sexual with you? I mean, I, I hated doing any conventions or anything like that or signings because, you know, I was a contract girl for a long time with Adam and Eve. And um, I, I hated having to go to the store signings because I'm so shy and I really, you know, even for this interview, I tried to get out of doing the Skype part because I didn't want to show my face because I'm a very shy person. People would not believe that. They're like, yeah, right, girl, you were showing your TNA all over the place. But, you know, I did what I had to do. But in real life, I'm very shy. So I, uh, I put on a good front for my fans because I do appreciate them, but I'm just shy. And then as far as just being out and about, I'm very private. I try not to even go to the grocery store if I don't have to. I try to send an assistant or, you know, my fiance or someone else out. So I don't have to, so I don't have to deal with it. Interesting. What was the, I'm thinking just as you were talking about, you know, a normal day on the film side is just, hey, it's just work. Did you ever have like... Did you get to know any of the people before you film a scene? Or is it like, hey, here's your co-star. Go for it. Uh, well, because I was a big name in the industry, I also worked with a lot of other big names over and over again. So most of the time it was like, hey, Tommy Gunn, good seeing you for the 30th time. You know, like, can I get someone new in here, people? Like, I've already been with this guy so many times <laughs> like you know it kind of gets like uh, re redundant after a while but you know the pool is pretty small of especially the male talent the female talent is plentiful and always you know new girls new girls but the male talent is more sturdy and especially you always have your top 10 20 guys because as you can imagine as a man or the male listeners, it is much more difficult for 
the the males to do things on set than it is for the females. Yes, and then, there's there's a lot more at stake for them, a lot more pressure. <laughs> I mean, you can talk about the pressure. No, I was gonna say, what did you ever have an awkward moment that never actually uh, obviously made tape, but you were like, yeah, like oh, most so weird. Happened, or you ever, the most embarrassing thing you've ever seen on set. Like I would think poop would come out of a butthole sometime. <laughs> you know, that was a crazy thing that happened. Um, and nothing was really embarrassing because you you go into it slowly and you get so accustomed to seeing bodily functions, things happen, um, you know, so nothing really, you know, people ask me that and I hate that I don't have a funny or good answer. I don't, not, nothing crazy ever really happened. Yeah, I love a good, Dax loves a good porn blooper. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's one of my favorite things. So your career is going big. You're going on all these different radio shows. You're one of the biggest stars in the adult entertainment industry. Uh, what? I just know where this is going because, yes, you are exactly right. My career was going freaking amazing. Everything was going great. I was traveling all over the world. I was making so much money every single month, a ridiculous amount of money, more than I knew what to do with. And then, go ahead. And then you start volunteering at a local children's hospital. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think I was going with? Are you kidding me? All right, I'm obviously going to talk about Charlie Sheen, you little goddess. I want to talk about your experience with Charlie Sheen. So you were one of Charlie Sheen's goddesses. Um, That was a huge story. I mean, when that came out, Dax was covering it. I was covering it. It was the biggest thing in the world at that time. I mean... Everyone, you were one of you were in a relationship with him. I don't know even know what the relationship was. We didn't. You were considered a goddess. How did that come about? How did that whole Charlie Sheen relationship start? Please, please let me explain that because I, you know, now I'm a lot more present on social media than when I was in the industry. When I was in the industry, I didn't feel the pressure that much to communicate with the outside world because. I was just working with other professionals on sets, et cetera. So, you know, I I didn't really have to do that. So at this point, you know, before Charlie, I was very private, even though I, like I said, you know, TNA, yeah. But other than that, people didn't know anything about me. You know, they just knew I'm a porn star and that's it really. And that I had a cat and that's it. So now you go to the situation where I meet this guy, um, he you, had requested him, to meet me. Yeah, I yeah. said, of course, he is Charlie Sheen. I like, I, I mean, I didn't know. I never saw anything of his. I, I had to look, Google him to see a picture of him. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he looks familiar. Um, so I'm like, well, they say he's the most popular television uh, celebrity. So let me let me go meet this guy and see what he's about. He was extremely funny, extremely, you know, uh, interesting and i mean what person wouldn't be so flattered and taken aback that uh the biggest uh television celebrity at the time wanted to talk to them and wanted to be around them so i was very smitten with the whole idea of it and i continued with my career and this is all before anything, before anything was public, before he really lost his mind and decided to start calling all these places and having everyone in our home every day and this and that. So 
uh, we dated regular dating. He even flew here to Fort Wayne, Indiana, you know, low key, like nobody knew. Um, we were continuing our private life. Everything was going fine. And then uh, he, he kept telling me, you don't need the industry anymore. Just come be with me. And I'm like, no way. I'm so successful. Like I'm at the height of my career. I've worked so hard to get to this point. Like literal blood, sweat, tears. Like I am, I don't want to give this up. And he's like, well, at least take a break and come in and be with me. And I say, okay, I'll pack a bag. I'm not getting rid of my house. I'm not getting rid of my assistants or any of that. I'll pack a bag, one bag, and I'll come and see how this goes. So um, I canceled. I had a trip coming up for Japan, uh, which is my favorite place to go work. Canceled that. He paid for me to cancel that. He paid all of my fees. He paid all my agent fees because my agent was very upset because I was booked, booked, booked. I go and I move in with him. Um, within a week, we're going to the Bahamas. And that's when he makes the call into that radio show and starts going off on Chuck Lorre, to which I was shocked. I was appalled. I was disappointed. I was really upset because I saw this person and I felt like the crazy one because everyone else around him was a yes man. Like he would be like, isn't this a great idea? And they'd be like, yeah, Charlie, whatever you say, it's great. You're doing great. Tell everyone how you feel. And I was the only person that was like, no, this is a bad idea. Don't talk about him. Don't get on the phone. Don't. And, you know, and people were really against me for that and trying to push me out for keeping him on a positive direction. Oh, and another condition, the only way I would move into his house is because he told me he was then sober. And that was really important to me as I don't do drugs or I don't even drink. So it was really important to me that he was sober. And when I first moved in, I met his sober coach and everything. So, you know, I went into this very different than how it ended up turning out very quickly. So, so then, um, after that, the Bahamas and he made the phone call to the, um, conspiracy theorist radio person. Uh, we came back to, uh, LA and all of a sudden there is everyone in our house every day, TMZ 2020, this and that. And here I am sitting in my coat. I'm over here like this. This is me like great. Here we are again, you know, and Charlie would say, why don't you do your hair? Why don't you do your makeup? And I'm like, I am upset that this is happening right now. I don't want this. And, you know, for the cameras, I tried to put on a happy face and be like, oh, yeah, everything is fine, you know, but it wasn't fine. It wasn't fine at all. And I, I really tried to talk sense into him. We got in huge fights. Um, he was very disrespectful to me. He was very controlling over me. Natalie was freaking out of her gourd mind. Like I, and you know, they, people focused too much on the situation of, oh, there's two girls. That part, a lot of people do that. Okay. That's not as big of a deal. Like, come on, be more European, have an open mind, whatever it's, it's sex. But the part that everyone, which I guess they did also focus on was the tiger's blood, the, you know, this and that, like, oh, I'm so, because that is the freaky part. And that he thought he could go on this bizarre tour. Those are the parts that are most concerning and really weird. Yeah. So I guess when you moved in, he had the sober coach. At what point did you see that it was just spiraling out of control? Was it after the Chuck Lorre thing, you realized, he realized like I fucked up 
and now I've got to try to make good for it? Or I, I guess I'm just trying to like on from the outside when we were covering this story, you know, we're all like, "What the fuck is going on? Why is he like losing his mind?" But you were there next to him, you know. Why was he letting TMZ in? Why was he letting Twenty Twenty in? Was he just just I, off the rocker? It, it, he did not communicate with me, and he would lock himself up in rooms with his yes men, keep me and Natalie out, which she was a yes man too. You know, she, you know, at in her own words, she said, "I went from selling dildos on Hollywood Boulevard to living in a mansion with Charlie Sheen." Those are her words. Okay, so she comes from a different, uh, whatever. So you know, she. I, I really do feel like I was the only person that wanted him to stop giving these interviews and do everything he could to make amends and stay on two and a half men. That was my goal for him was to do that. Naturally, I don't know why anyone else would feel otherwise. Like, why would you want to help someone mess that up? It was, he was the highest paid actor on television. And, um, you know, he didn't fill me in on things. I would wake up in the morning, go downstairs to get a glass of orange juice, and there's reporters in our kitchen. It was crazy. He would be up all hours of the night as if he was on something, okay? And so I'm thinking, well, I know he's not. I know the only thing he's doing is taking these steroids. Well, I think he was doing too many of the steroids. And so Wait, your steroids? You're, he was... He was taking like to build muscle. That's what he had told me at the time. He would shoot these syringes into his stomach and say, like, you know, like pinch the fat of his stomach. And, you know, he had a private doctor that would come in and prescribe him these steroids. And he told me that it was for, uh, you know, just to get in shape and, you know, play baseball again because he really loved baseball and this and that. But I think that because he was doing so many of them, as many of us know, steroids can make you really irritable and irrational, especially if you're doing way too much of them or, you know, like taking more than, you know, what a normal doctor would prescribe. Yeah, I, so I feel that the steroids highly contributed to his behavior and that he used those because since he couldn't have his other drugs, he was using those to... Uh, you know, he needed to be addicted to something. Yeah. So he used the steroids. And do you think this had anything to do with him later revealing that he was HIV positive? Do you think that was possibly the medications that what he was taking? And how did that well, affect, how did that announcement affect you? It affected me in such a negative way. It, it was a tremendous blow and devastation when I so. I lived, I did not move to LA until after I got out of porn. After I got out of porn, after I ended up leaving Charlie, because I left him in the middle of the tour. I, I couldn't take it. I'm like, this is nuts. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so I left. And then after that, I also decided to get out of the industry. Because up until that point, I only had had, like I said, my industry people and my close friends in my life. So I didn't feel I was doing anything wrong. Well, being put in the public spotlight, all of a sudden I was being told, you are not fit to be around children. You're a bad person. You're this, you're that. So it really made me reevaluate my life. And I said, okay, I don't want to do porn anymore because I want people to respect me. 
it doesn't work that way, by the way. You Once you've done it, it's too late. So um, I wish I would have just stayed in and said, screw what all those people think. Um, so anyway, so I moved back to India, or so I moved to LA. I was there for five years. I decided, you know what? I want more of a quiet life and then I want to move to New York. I want to go to Indiana, write a book, do that, sell my house, and then move to the city. Well, within two weeks, so I said two weeks after being in Indiana, I sit down to start my book and it's literally, I get the first paragraph in and all of a sudden my phone, ding, 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 all these reporters. Is it true about Charlie Sheen having HIV? Is Charlie Sheen HIV positive? What do you know about Charlie Sheen? Da, 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 da. Is the celebrity that we've been hearing about this HIV positive? Is it Charlie Sheen? And I'm like, oh my God, what did he do now? You know, because I thought we had finally put all of that behind us. Not to mention, I had become a webcam girl on a very popular webcam site, was making an insane amount of money, insane, way better than porn even. And I was doing great. Like everything since I had moved back to Indiana was great. Writing my book, doing camming. So then I decided... I said, I have to get ahead of this. Once I got 10 calls, I knew I had to be true, right? Like, I, I know Hollywood, like you guys said, like, I know the ins and outs and how it works. If I get 10 calls in a row from all different sources asking if he has HIV, I know damn well he's going to come out and say he has HIV. So I try to beat him to it. I call Howard because, as you had mentioned, me being on Howard, Howard and I always had an amazing rapport no matter what anyone thinks of him, he is the best interviewer. Nobody can get get an interview like Howard, and he doesn't edit, he doesn't cut. So I went on Howard to try to beat it. As I'm walking in to the building of Howard Stern, I am watching on my phone Charlie Sheen saying, not only is he HIV positive, but that he had contracted HIV during or around the time of his tour. To which I was like, I was on that tour, okay? And so I went on Howard Stern to show my results. I had already went just days prior, taken, because I had gotten tested several times since him, you know, being from the adult industry and this and that. I had been tested so many times, like endless amount of times. But I took another one because I knew people would ask. I show it on Howard Stern. Look, here's my results. They're negative. Um but of course, instantly, as soon as I get back to Indiana, I go to log on to my camming. I went from, I lost 99% of my revenue because nobody wants to watch a cam girl. Even if I proved I'm HIV negative, you think about a guy's mentality. They don't want to sit there and, you know, get sexy with a cam girl when they have thoughts of, Charlie Sheen, HIV in their mind. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be sexy for anyone. So it completely destroyed my camming career for that time. Um, and he's a bad guy. Yeah. Sucks. It's, it sucks that so, that that one little call to say, hey, I'd like to meet someone kind of just derailed so much of, of what you had worked for. It's kind of, it's, you know, us being the outside, we see you there. We see that you, you know, hanging out at Charlie's house. It seemed like this cool opportunity for you, and it, you know, it didn't necessarily end up that way. So, sucks. Sorry. Yeah, it. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, uh, I, I just don't want anyone to have the misconception like I got any money for from him or this or that. I lost money. I went through 
um, a good chunk of my savings while living with him. Um, because like I said, I still kept all of my own things, you know, during the time I was with him, he didn't pay me to be with, to be his girlfriend or to be there anything. You know, I was just there of my, my own free will. And, um, yeah, I, and I, like I said, I didn't mean to be, I had no idea after a week after we got together, a week after I moved in, all of a sudden he was gonna try to quit two and a half men and go off on the writer and producer. Yeah. What was the most odd thing that you found about his just general living lifestyle? You know, besides the needles, the, the steroids, is there anything odd that you, that you noticed in his general behavior? He would just stay up all night. Um, he was up all the time. He always had to have the house at about 62, 63 degrees, which is why I always had coats on. And people would yell at me or, you know, say things like, why are you always wearing a coat? It's the summer. And I'm like, he's freezing me out. Like, it's weird. Um, yeah, he was very controlling. I would say, I, I want to go tanning. And he would say, didn't you just go yesterday? And I say, yeah, but that's how it works, you know? And he'd say, how long are you going to be gone for? And I never dealt with dating someone like that before. It was, uh, it, I mean, obviously, because of the HIV thing, I don't, I really truly don't know if he was truly positive at the time or not. But regardless, the fact that he could have been, and the fact of what he's done to my career since, um, you know, my least favorite of my exes, for sure. What are you What are you doing now? I know that you are doing Fan Centro. What What exactly is that for people? So, like, we've moved on from your past. Now I want to know what you're doing now. Yeah, so Fan Centro, oh my gosh, it is such a saving grace. Like, it is really nice. Um, so basically people can sign up. It is super affordable. It is between 12 and $18 a month for my premium Snapchat. And it's basically like you just get access to my private Snapchat and I post all of my life on there. Not only, um, you know, sexy stuff, but I also post things of me and my fiance together. Um, I share, you know, we're building a new custom home right now. So I share, you know, what's going on with that. Oh, look at this. They finally, you know, are doing framing today or this or that. Um, so it's really fun. I have personal one-on-one -on -one interaction with everyone. Uh, the pay is really good. It's getting to the point where I could basically quit other things that I'm doing and make that full time. And then I was going to say, um, is your fan base still heavily men or do you have more women that follow now i got a few girls it's funny because i asked for a video of a girl last night and i thought she was gonna just send me one back like hey it's you know Brittany, whatever her name is and instead i got a really surprising video i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> my fiance kayla said to me she's like damn baby she's like you're getting girls now too sending you videos I said, babe, I'm a hot commodity, okay? <laughs> did she ever get jealous? She used to, but she did a lot of work and to to be understanding, accepting, understand that it's just work, understand that I'm just with her. Um, she's come so far. And now we're watching a reality show, and there's a guy on there, and he's getting mad at his girlfriend because she's a sexy lingerie model. And she's going off on the TV. She's like, I should write him on social media. I need to talk to him because, you know, she's so she's grew so much. We've been together two years now. So she understands. Um, I want to ask you, you know, again, you kind of came to be a star 
as social media kind of rose too. Who's the yeah. biggest star that slid into your DMs? I mean, Charlie Sheen slid into her DMs. Let's be realistic. That's true. <laughs> I'm sure it's not Charlie Sheen. There could be someone even bigger than Charlie Sheen. No, I mean, I would say... No, I mean, I'm so private. I'm so private. Well, I mean, it's just, of all this, the people you've been with, which celebrity was the best lover? I'm so private. <laughs> I'm getting all shy for anyone that can't see us because I'm, like, putting my head down. I'm playing with my hair. I'm getting all awkward. Yeah. Uh, so you you do you have a one celebrity that you're very impressed with as a lover, would you say? Like, wow. This... <laughs> you're not getting it out of me. <laughs> what celebrity was the worst lover? Let's get it. A... <laughs> well. The I want to say the creepiest. Who was the creepiest? Yeah. No, never mind. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, I would say mine was um, uh, uh, Theo from the Cosby Show was very creepy. And my, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> kidding. I was gonna say, wow, really? I'm sure you had to have some creepy experiences being around celebrities, being around Charlie, but traveling, you know, being around the Hollywood scene, and then they sure. know you're a home star, and, and again, people have. Um, they have, people have wrong impressions of adult film stars. They probably, you know, I can only imagine, they probably think they're horny all the time. They're like, dude, they just like the fuck. Was right. there a star that you came across that had the wrong feeling, a wrong impression of an adult film star like yourself? I mean, yeah, like, well, most of the time it was casting agents because after I got out of the adult industry, I thought that a natural progression would be to go to mainstream acting because it's still cameras, it's sets, it's camera crews, lighting crews, etc. So I tried doing that. It was really tough, man. You got to have a strong passion for it. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, casting director, so forth, they would try to meet with me uh, for coffee, quote unquote. I quickly learned what coffee meant. Um, you know, they would try to hit on me and say, oh, let's go back to my place or this or that way creepier than the adult industry. The adult industry is so much more professional. Like I feel so bad for these mainstream girls for what they go through. I don't know if all, all of them obviously don't go through that, but one's just starting out probably do. And that's sad. Dax tried to, me and Dax were talking before when we were talking about having you on the show and Dax kept saying, I swear, Charlie Sheen has a small penis. What are your thoughts about I, that? I love you. are so full of shit. I believe that anyone that has sex with people knowingly having HIV and not telling them should be castrated is what oh. I believe. Oh, Charlie Sheen should be castrated. Yeah. There we go. That's the title of our podcast right here. Charlie Sheen oh. should be castrated. You're welcome. <laughs> um. I want to ask you though. You, I remember seeing a video on YouTube of you on the Bubba the Love Sponge uh, show, and you kind of had like I don't know if it was a meltdown or a breakdown. There's some crazy thing happened between you and Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge was a huge. I don't know if he's even still around, but it was a big radio personality based in Tampa. Can you tell me about what happened with your experience? I with will absolutely tell you what happened. Let me take my hood back down for this story. Okay, oh, so it's getting serious, guys. It's yeah, it's getting real serious. Uh, I would just like to reiterate, I, okay, I have been on probably, who knows, 
thousands of radio shows, okay? So I go on to this show. So no other shows had anything like this happened, right? I'm professional. I'm Brie Olson. Obviously, I get that name for a reason. I go on Bubba the Love Sponge, and the first thing that they do is they have this guy in the waiting room with me. And he has on sunglasses, a fake cane, and they are like, um, this guy's blind. I'm like, he's not blind. They're like, you should give him a blowjob. And this is off camera. They're telling me to give this guy sexual act, telling me to do sexual acts to this man I do not know and that he has a disability. And I said, first of all, I don't believe he's blind. Second of all, even if he was, I'm not blowing someone in your studio. This is so unprofessional. I don't appreciate this whatsoever. The person that had taken me there did not have my back. He was like, you know, really good friends with Bubba. So he didn't want to be the bad guy and say, you guys don't do this. This is inappropriate. So they took me into the uh, studio and they just kept pressuring me and pressuring me and pressuring me to have sex with this guy. I did not want to have sex with this guy just because I am Brie Olson, just because I'm a porn star doesn't mean that you can just, you know, try to force me into sexual acts. That's rape. Then that is, you know, it's, it's, if you're trying to force a girl to have sex with someone, you are being rapey as hell. So I, of course, got very upset. I started crying. I go out to the parking lot and I'm crying. Their camera crew followed me. And I'm crying and they're like, Brie, tell us what's happening. Why are you crying? What's wrong? And I just felt so violated and so used and so scared because there was no other woman in there with me. It was me and like six dudes, all of them telling me to have sex with this guy. So I leave and I, I begged the guy that brought me there. I said, please take me home. Like, like, let's, let's go. And he's like, no, no, just stay. It'll be okay. They're just joking. They're just kidding with you. And I said, I don't feel uncomfortable. I'm going to walk. I'm, I'm walking. So that's why I was walking down the street. And then you see the camera. And that's when, of course, they only show this part is they show the camera guy running up to me as I'm walking down the street, trying to get away from the situation. And, um, that's when I just had enough. And as I, as I like to call it, I cobra him. I snatched the camera and I said, give me the tape because I hated that they got me crying because of them trying to pressure me to have sex. Yeah. Wow. You said that's probably your worst experience with media? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let me ask you, I mean, one last, you know, I know we're wrapping up in time, but, you know, Dax, we covered the Charlie Sheen story. We were around that, you know, and that was the biggest thing in the world. I know I'm bringing it back and change it back to the Charlie Sheen. I just wanted to say from our perspective. Yeah. I remember seeing you at the Trump International. You guys were staying at the Trump International Hotel. And it was like the president was in town outside the hotel. It really was It was insane. From outside Radio City to, uh, you know, it, it was, I couldn't believe what it was like when you guys were on that tour. I mean, I, 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 I just wanted to just share with you, like, I, I'm sure it was insane for you as a toy, but from us, I just couldn't believe it as a journalist. I couldn't report, I couldn't believe what was going on and how big the story was. If it was a slow news week, I don't know what, I guess people just like seeing a meltdown, you know, in, in I, some ways. I, I can't imagine a bigger meltdown than that one. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. I uh, was happy to get away from it and uh, happy to get away from all the negative attention it was getting. Well, 
thank you for joining us. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for, you know, just giving us your perspective on, you know, a huge news story that we've all seen from the other side, but you kind of let us behind closed doors and that was really cool. So I appreciate yes. that. And, you know, I, I think that obviously you had a, a bad, a bad moment with Charlie, but I, I hope that that is all past you and you can look back and yes. smile and say, you know what, like maybe that, you know, was just a moment in my life that I can learn from and, and go forward. Absolutely. And, you know, like we did heavily focus on that and then, but the Bubba thing, but like my overall, especially with the adult industry was so positive. It opened me up to so many opportunities I would have never otherwise had. Like I said, I'm building my second custom home right now. You know, life is good. I'm engaged. Everything is going so good. I'm very happy. Okay. And um, yeah, so, you know, we talked about some more uh, rough type things that happened. But yeah, overall, very positive experience. And with Fan Centro now, even more positive. Yeah, so people can find you, obviously, at Fan Centro. See your uncensored Snapchat, behind the scenes Snapchat. Follow Ooh. you on Twitter at Brie Olson, on Instagram. Follow your life. And uh, good to see you and Cecile hanging out, yeah? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Thank you again, Brie. Yeah, we really do appreciate I, it. And, I get, uh, I which I gotta ask, which celebrity had the worst pickup technique to like try to hook up with you, go on a date? Was there one guy like, man, you gotta work on your game? Okay, I'll just give you one little bit. It's not a really big celebrity, but still a celebrity nonetheless. Holly Shore. Okay. <laughs> For some reason, I knew you were gonna say it. I could have, I could have said that, and for some reason, I feel like that. It's just so, hey, buddy, I my body. I could have called that. I love it. Right. Only because it's so obvious. Like he'd probably wow. admit it himself. <laughs> That's so Listen, funny. you're a good. You're you're cool. You're in a good place. I'm glad to see you from uh, from you know the height of your fame to the height of your life. You're you know you're, you're you seem like you're in a happy place. So it's good to see that. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Bree. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye. Bye.